Welcome. Today we're going to be looking at the secret to getting what you want. There's a lot of things that we want in life and whether that is we want to be healthier, we want to have the uh, better friends, we want to be a better friend, we want to have a closer walk with God, we want to have more faith in our life, in our experience, we want to have more, be more, do more, to contribute, make a greater difference in life. This here is a principle of life that God has given in His Word that can help you to have those things that we want in our life, the things that even God wants in your life. Um, Paul, he says in Philippians that um, forgetting those things that are behind and I press towards the mark of our high calling in Christ Jesus. So uh, we're talking about having a mark. We're talking about having a definite aim. We're talking about understanding our mission. Do you want to understand more of your mission? Do you want to, do you want to have greater purpose and meaning in, in your life to recognize like why are you here and why, what does bring you fulfillment? Whatever that you desire in life, God says in Psalms that God will give you the desires of your heart. He is seeking to give you the sanctified desires of your heart and um, this is a secret that I believe um, the, as the Queen of Sheba said, uh, speaking of Solomon, when learning of his great wisdom, that the half was never told her. So we're going to tell you the other half of the story that God has given so that we can have those things that we want in our life, whether that is um, character, whether that is uh, financial, whether that is social, whether that's things with our family. Uh, we're going to show us how we, uh, we're going to be looking at that today. But um, the secret here, the secret to um, having this is uh, we're, we're looking at, um, we're, we're looking at this principle of, of goal setting. We're, we're going to be, we're going to be seeing this because um, fuzzy targets don't get hit. And it's really important if we want to have a definite aim, it's extremely essential that we understand this skill of goal setting. Now question, when you think of setting goals, what are the things that have previously came into your mind? If you were to be asked this, whether it's now or even like five, six months ago, what kind of things come to your mind when you think of goal setting? Go for it. Um, I think of reaching um, something I desire. Reaching something you desire, that's good. What else comes to your mind? And it could be good or bad. Go ahead, Sister Vicky. Reaching it at a certain time frame, like having a deadline to a goal, like a deadline to that goal. Makes sense. A certain time frame. That's good. Setting a path to get there. Setting a path to get there. What about you, Tina? What did you think about maybe 10 months ago when you were thinking about uh, setting goals? Yeah. Well, I didn't know what... To, I didn't have a definite aim. I didn't really, I didn't really think you're supposed to like set a goal. So, so you thought that goal setting was wrong. Yeah. And that's a very common belief. That is wrong to have a goal. It's wrong to, to take set it. Day the, by day, right? Yeah, just day by day. This yeah, is how we should do it. Yeah. Lay all our plans at God's feet. And um, okay, I know for myself when I thought of goal setting, I thought. Um, 
I, I, I thought of the fear of failure because I thought like with deadlines too, I was petrified. <laughs> goal setting what what came to your mind like six ten months ago don't remember don't remember well, nope. what what comes to your mind now and it could be anything it could just be uh, just goal setting is like having a mission it's like having a mission yeah okay that's good yes uh, for me, when, when I thought of goal setting, I was like, well, how, how am I going to figure out what I want for my life like 10, year, 10 years from now, 5 years, even a year, even a few months? Like, yeah. how do I measure that? Like, how do I figure out where I want to be in the future? Yeah, because we don't know the future, so how do we really know that? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I always <laughs> thought about, like... It's like, you know, when you're setting goals, you're, you're limiting what God wants for you. Because it's... Yeah. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah. You don't want to limit God either. We don't want to limit God by, by having a, a definite aim. <laughs> well... I, I just think... It's, yeah, the, the belief is that, um, that if I choose something that I want in life, and that's what I go to pursue then that means that God's will that is unknown to me is somewhere over here that he has something better and that if I choose, I could choose wrong and, and then God's, God's better gift I'm going to miss out on. So it's this fear of missing out mm -hmm. that, that paralyzes us from um, really accomplishing God's plans and his purposes in our life. So today, what I, what I want to share with you is that I want to give you a new definition of goal setting. I want you to look at setting goals in a new light, in a way that maybe you, you've never seen before. And, um, and in goal setting, I would say that like, setting a goal is, is, um, is much of like what mom was saying. Is, um, it's saying something that you want. It's this compelling a vision of the future of something that could be that um, that is not yet 
and you're standing in the now today and you're looking forward to something else that you want and goal setting is the path and the process of turning your, the imaginary into reality Amen. having a vision and seeing it to actuality goal setting is the path to do that now um, in the word of God as we start um, studying this we begin to realize that that God is actually um, God has a lot to say about setting goals in the scriptures but there are what we what we understand is if you want to understand a topic you just um, we should look for these things called our, what we call archaic synonyms. Archaic synonyms are well, what are the old biblical phrases, that's what archaic means, and then the synonym is two words meaning the same thing. So in our minds, as we're searching for light and we're searching for understanding from God's Word, we need to be thinking, what, uh, what is an old biblical archaic word for goal setting that means the same thing as goal setting. So when you look in the Word of God at the principle, when you, there's something that you want in life, and and you you put effort into pursuing that, what does the Word of God call that? Well, I press on with, I press. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter five. First. Thessalonians chapter 5. We've got to speak Bible, huh? That's good, though. Yes, we're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Can, uh, would someone like to read uh, uh, verse 16, 16 through 18? This is rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, uh, what, is, what does the Bible say here? We are to rejoice, and we are to pray, and to give thanks, for this is God's will. And I think a better verse is in Mark 11.24. Let's go to Mark 11.24. So we're looking at goal setting, having a definite aim, pressing towards a mark. We're looking at what is the biblical phrase for this. We're going to Mark 11.24. And again, the definition of goal setting that I would submit to you is having something that you desire that is in the future, that is not yet, that you want. And, and the goal setting is the path that, that turns that... Uh, prayer, that that's idea into actuality. Is it Mark or Matthew? Mark. Mark. Thank you. Mark. Um, who would like to read Mark eleven twenty four? I'd be happy to. Thank you. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Amen. Whoa. What What happened, Tina? So everything that is a faith is like a goal. Like, like, uh, I mean, we're not yet in the kingdom, but yet by faith we believe, and that is our goal. And that is like, you know, every characteristic trait, every, um, everything that you have, anything that you want in life, in regards to like your character and that kind of stuff too. Absolutely. Anything that you want in life is a goal. 
Yes. So, so heaven is a goal. Heaven is a place that you desire. It's a thing. It's a destination that is in the future that you have not yet experienced that you want. And everything that we do in our Christian experience, the things that we accept, the things that we, we go through, this is a goal. It's a process of, of getting there, accepting the provisions that God has provided so that we can experience heaven. That is goal setting at its core fundamentally. Character. Name a characteristic that you want that is not a goal. Anyone? One that you already have. Anyone? <laughs> One that you already have. <laughs> but how did you get that? By setting a goal. By setting a goal. Mm -hmm. So if you want more patience, if you realize that you're frustrated all the time and, and you're just irritable and constantly things are just um, bringing you down, and you want patience, that's a goal. And goal setting is a skill that you need to learn as a leader in order to accomplish that patience Amen. characteristic. You want the character of Christ? That's a goal. God There's a path to, to you when you pray. God will. Mm -hmm. And so this verse, what did the Bible just say here? Uh, what, what is the archaic synonym in Mark 11, uh, 24 for goal setting? Desire. That's to desire. Pray. What pray. should we do when we desire something? Pray. 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 Now, name a prayer that is not a goal. Name one prayer that's not a goal. Think. I want you to think about this. Think hard. Try to find a prayer. Confession, confession of your sin. Confession of your sin. Why are you confessing your sin? What do you want? Deliverance. You want deliverance. You want forgiveness. <clears throat> so even confession of your sin is, is a part of a goal setting. What about gratitude? Gratitude. Gratitude, um, that praise and thanksgiving, that's, that's a good question. That would um, be like, uh, you're thanking God. A lot of times it's thanking God in advance. And gratitude, thanking God for what He has done for you um, in the past. Absolutely, and gratitude is actually one of the, the secrets of, of having more. Where when you look at Matthew chapter 24... Um, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 25, there's a beautiful verse on gratitude that helps us to understand the secret in Matthew 25 and verse 29. We got gratitude. Matthew 25, 29. Conrad, can you read this for us? Okay. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. So here is a principle of goal setting. If you want more, if, if you want something more in life, be grateful for what you have. If you want more faith in life, thank God for the faith that you have. Thank God for the belief in God's word that you have. And when you're grateful, you will have more of that thing too. So when you look at, at even gratitude, this is a, a core principle of of goal setting. This is um, one, of the, one of the steps of uh, and that path of, of goal setting too. Hmm. Interesting. When you look at, um, when you look at someone, someone's health and they're going through a difficult time, uh, <coughs> when you pray for someone else's health, is that not, um, that's a goal. If you, if you really, 
Like I remember uh, a sister came to me. She was on it was on Instagram. She's in the Bahamas, and she was like, "Hey, pray for my sister because she is sick. We all got really sick, and she's not able to drink water or eat food, and we're concerned for her." That's a desire. She wants her sister to be recovered, drink water, and eat food. That's a goal. So there's a path. Now, we can, we can pray to God and say, God, please heal my sister. Please uh, do something. Um, and then just sit there and, and not do anything. Or we could pray to God and then ask, like, what has God, what provisions has God given to us so that we can, um, we, we can assist Him and... Um, serve others. Turn with me to Psalms 104, verse 14. Psalms 104, verse 14. What should we do when, in in case of sickness? Who would like to read Psalms 104, 14? Okay. All right. Thank you. It says he causes the grass to grow for the cattle. And herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the earth. So what does God give for the service of man? Herb. Herb. Herbs. He gives plants. He gives nature. The, the, uh, Ezekiel talks about how the leaves are for the healing of the nations. God has given us these natural things. So um, I told the, the sister, I will pray for your sister. But one thing that I know is when you can't hold down water, drink coconut water. And don't gulp it, sip cold coconut water. Your body can absorb it faster and better. And um, and I believe, do you have coconuts? She's on an island, of course she does. <laughs> so she's like, okay, I'm gonna do that tomorrow. First thing in the morning, she did it. In the afternoon, she said, my sister is eating again. She had her first meal in a long time. Thank you so much. The coconut water worked. So you see that the, the, even the prayers for health, God has given us a part to play in the restoration of health. He's given us the herbs for the service of man, these natural things that we can assist and we can cooperate with Him. We could co-partner with the Lord. Now this is, this is really important when we understand our part of prayer. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 3.9. What does God call us? I'm going to have Mom read this. 1 Corinthians 3.9. This is the part that many of us, majority of us, um, miss outside of this goal-setting concept. Yeah, I love this. I know you do. That's why I'm having you read it. 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Why do you love this? Because we cooperate with the Lord. We cooperate with God. So we have a part to play. We have a responsibility. We can pray as though everything depends on God, but then work as though everything depends on us. It's a co-laboring with God. God is not going to do for you what you have the ability to do for yourself and cooperation with heavenly agencies. So that coconut water, that wasn't... Um, exiting or pushing God out of the restoration of her sister, that was incorporating God because God provided the coconut water. 
We're praying for his restoration, for her restoration, and then we act out our prayers. We get off our knees and we pray for the things that we want, character, health, family. We pray for these things, and then we get off our knees and act, and then we work. See, one of the requirements of prayer is that we must have what? Faith. Faith. Faith is an action word. It's not a passive thing. Faith is not something that you have. It's something that you do. See, uh, the, uh, if, if I told you that there was a bomb under your seat and it is going to detonate in 30 seconds and you really believed me, what would you do? Run, run. You would run. You would get out. You would go as far away from the bomb as you're possible because belief, true belief, causes action. So when we pray to God, we have a part to play. Now, what is, and this is a powerful thing, that the first, the first test that Satan gives us is doubt. And he tries to get us to doubt God's, God's promises. He tries to get us to doubt. And doubt can look um, like, oh, um, well, uh, there is actually, we can look at it. Turn with me to uh, James chapter 1 and verse 5. This is a condition upon receiving any of our prayers or experiencing any of our goals. James chapter 1 and verse 5. And I'll read this. We're going to read a few of them. James 1, 5 through 8. All right, the Bible says, what should we do if we want anything? This is this is the secret. This is the secret for goal setting. You guys ready for this? Yeah. If any of you lack, if there's something you don't have, like wisdom, what should we do? Let him ask of God. Ask. You have not because what? You ask not. You ask not. This is a biblical principle. It is a wonder we pray so little. We should ask God for more. And God is willing to give. He giveth to all men. How? Liberally. Liberally. God has an abundance. There is no lack with God. So we can pray for better health. We can pray for a deeper understanding. We can pray for greater wisdom. We can pray for the, the all seven areas of our life that God that we lack in and anything we don't have we can ask for but here's the condition he upbraideth not and it shall be given to him that's a promise but let him ask how in faith in faith nothing wavering we need when we ask of God when we ask for more faith we need absolute certainty that God is going to do what he says we need absolute certainty when we ask questions to God or when we ask questions to ourselves we need absolute certainty that there is an answer we will we can find it and it will be worth it when we do this is a requirement for asking questions all questions of any part of our life we need absolute certainty that there is an answer that we can find it and it will be worth it when we do but what happens if we if we doubt? It says nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. What does anything mean? Nothing. Does that mean heaven? 
Does that mean character? No. Does that mean health? Anything you won't re you you will fail at accomplishing every goal that you ever set unless you have faith. When you ask, believing that you can, uh, that that together cooperating with God, it is possible for you to accomplish. That with Christ, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now it continues. A double-minded man is how? Unstable. Unstable in all his ways. How often do we, do we go to God and we say, God, please change me. I don't like who I am. I don't like how I am. I don't like where I live. I don't like my situation. I don't like anything. And, and we, we ask God and we, we see where we are and we see where we want to be. It's like, I want a better life. I want a definite aim. I want to know my purpose. I want to know why I'm here. I want to have something to do. And then... We get off our knees and do nothing. And we just sit there and we're just like, God, I'm praying for change. And you don't even put any effort into making that change. You're not searching out how change comes. You're not, um, you're not uh, putting in effort for how change comes. You're not applying the provisions he has given you. You're not letting other people know, hey, this is the area I'm trying to change in. You're not asking for help in the area that you are looking for, whether that's asking from God or asking from your support group, your family, your friends, it's your accountability, your coach. You're not asking. So we, how often do we pray and we want change and we do nothing? And we're just passively sitting there waiting for God to work a miracle in us. You know, many are going to be lost, desiring to be Christians, but they did not choose life. If you want a definite aim, you have to choose. You have to determine exactly what you want in life. If you want to know your mission and why you're here, you have to make some decisions. You have to, you have, there's a part for you to play in this process of finding life's definite aim. Can I say yes, something? please do. Um, just before you get off the subject, a prayer, most, most people think a prayer you need to like get on your hands and your knees and you need to pray, but just crying out is a prayer to God too. And, um, and we miss a lot of prayer, praying when we feel like we have to formally do it because we're supposed to pray without ceasing. And so when you need help, you know, when you're doing things, ask God to help and, you know, call out to him. Absolutely. Even just in your mind. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, yeah, the, the, what, what I want you to see is that all goal setting is the process of prayer. Praying is goal setting. Goal setting is prayer. And when you understand there is a science to prayer, there is a science to goal setting. If you follow this step by step, you will get the result every single time. God will answer your prayers when you supply the conditions you know what the definition of presumption is mm, mm -mm. the definition of presumption is you are expecting God's blessings without fulfilling his conditions you're asking for God for more faith you're asking for new character you're asking for uh, a better financial situation you're asking for things but you're not fulfilling the conditions that God has given you for providing that have you ever noticed 
and I want you to go back and really test me on this. Every single promise in God's word has a condition. Has a what? A condition. Condition. Amen. Every promise has a condition. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, it is denoted by the this two-letter word that changes everything. If. If. If my people will humble themselves and pray, then will I come and heal their lands. You see, the condition is we need to humble and pray. Then the promises heal the land. A lot of people are praying for healing, but they're not willing to humble themselves and to make new decisions and to surrender their plans and purposes to God. And I would venture to say to you, that it's, it's impossible for us to surrender our plans to God if we have no plans. If we're just taking it day by day, like where, we're, where we have no intentions, we have no intentional life or definite aim, then we, it's impossible for us to lay our plans at the foot of the cross. You have to have plans to do that. Now, at the same time, um, the way that the, the balance here is... You decide what you want, and then you're, you're, you're identifying the steps to get there. But as you are making plans, every day, every moment you're checking in with God, every moment, even in the process of planning, you're searching the scriptures, you're being intentional with your devotions, you're seeking God's will for your life regarding this desire, this result, this outcome that you're looking for in your life. And you're saying, God, what does your word say? on this matter. How can I apply systematically the principles of God's word for this for for your calling in life? That every verse in the Bible when you see that God is saying forgive your enemies. Forgive your enemies. What is what is that? Is forgiving your enemies a goal? Yes. Yes, all forgiveness is a goal, whether that's forgiving others who have wronged you whether that is finding forgiveness from Christ, whether that is forgiving yourself, forgiveness is a goal. And if you want it, if you want forgiveness, there is a step-by-step. Step. It's, it's not just, and it's not even just like asking, please forgive, like, like thank you for forgiving me and just going throughout life. There's conditions for forgiveness. You don't have to question whether God forgives you. You can literally go to the Word of God Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And Proverbs says that whosoever confesseth and forsaketh shall obtain mercy. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we ask, we need to ask in faith. We need to believe that God has answered, that his word is true, that he has forgiven us. Will we find forgiveness if we don't believe that we are forgiven? No. no. Now, is belief a f the same as feeling forgiven? No. no. Faith is not feeling. We may not feel forgiven, but that is not. Faith is as far away from feeling as the east is for the west. Many people are waiting for this feeling of forgiveness to feel like they're forgiven, but that's not how it works. The feeling will come when they will have the faith. Yes, feelings follow your faith not the other way around. And your faith must dictate your actions. We act as though, we speak and act as though our faith 
is invincible. And when you do this, then you will have the feelings of forgiveness. But that will come later. That is not a test to see if you've actually uh, received what God has promised. But the key is we've got to ask for things that God has promised. And to know what He has promised, we have to be intentional with our devotions. We have to take what we want and search it through the Scriptures and study these things out. So we have a part to play. If we, if we want to change character, it's not enough to just sin and repent, sin and repent, sin and repent. We've got this vicious cycle going on. We need to study the opposite traits of character. If, I want, if I'm tired of being angry, I need to study patience. If I'm tired of being overwhelmed, when I'm tired of being stressed, when I'm tired of being anxious in life, I need to not study stress and overwhelm and anxious. I need to study peace, study joy, study contentment, and have, and have faith. These are how we can have more and be like what Carmen was saying. Be grateful. Gratitude is the secret of having more. You want more in your life, be grateful. is G-R-A-T-E-F-U-L. Yeah, I'll say grateful instead of gratitude. Okay. Grateful. Be grateful that gratitude is a goal. So um, these things are really helpful. Is this is this helping anyone? Amen. Yes. Okay. Um, the. Yes, the, the thing that I want us to see is, is that there are conditions to all of God's promises, and we have a part to play, and that's prayer. So another thing is, when you look at um, another thing that was kind of fun to do is, um, I mentioned that the Bible says a lot about prayer. A matter of fact, I mean, a, a lot about, about goals. Mm -hmm. a matter of fact, I would venture to say, that every verse in the Bible is talking about goals. Every verse in the Bible is talking about goals. Let's play a little game for a moment. Name a verse in the Bible that's not talking about a goal, or it's not associated with a goal. I remember when uh, Tina and I did this, she, she brought up the verse in, in John 11.35, and she's like, Jesus wept. Trying to make this real hard. How could that be talking about a goal? But when you look at the context of John chapter 11, why was Jesus wet weeping? Because of his goal. Because his friend Lazarus was dead. And his heart was vexed. And he was, he was unhappy that his, his beloved was dead. So he had, Jesus had a goal to resurrect the dead. And this is a powerful thing. Actually, you can go with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11, I find it very fascinating, like what Carmen was saying about, about gratitude. But um, he, he's wanting to resurrect the dead. So he's looking at Lazarus being alive. That is a future desire that does not yet take place. That is a compelling future. That's a vision of something that is not happening right now. Right now, Lazarus is dead. In the future, Jesus sees in his imagination that his friend could come forth. My brother shall He's, rise again. He says that I, um, I am the resurrection and the life. But read verse eleven. Notice um, who who can who can read uh, John eleven forty one through forty uh three okay thank you 41 through 43 yeah it says then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and jesus lifted up his eyes and said 
Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Did, did you guys catch that? What just happened? Jesus said, I thank thee that thou hearest me. God, Jesus was being grateful for the accomplishment of his goal, his prayer, before it was the reality. Faith is not reality. Faith is not feeling. Faith is not sight. Lazarus didn't see, Lazarus wasn't seen alive at that time, and he didn't feel like he was alive, Jesus was weeping, and the reality was Lazarus was dead, but by faith, Jesus said in advance, I thank you for answering my prayers, even before he said, Lazarus, come forth. He says, I pray, not because you need, I need to pray because, uh, um, because I know that you hear me always, but I pray because of the people which stand by him, for his disciples, that they might believe that thou sent me. So that, that's a principle. If you want more of your prayers answered, be grateful for the things that you have, and that's a secret of having more of what you want. Whatever it is, however little you have, if you are grateful for that which is least, you'll be grateful also with much. But if you are ungrateful in that which is least, you'll be ungrateful in that which you'll is much. Even that which you have will be taken away, as Matthew 25. That's my favorite parable, which is why the army of youth, like we are here to help every young Christian to identify their unique talents and dedicate them to the Lord's service. Uh, knowing your unique talents is a goal. This is something that you want to make your life's aim is to understand who you are in Christ. What do you have to contribute to the world? And what is God's calling in your life? How can you live your calling? This is, this is, um, this is what God's plan and purpose is. Now, when you look at uh, resurrecting the dead, resurrecting the dead may not be physically um, resurrecting our, our loved ones. But what does the Bible say in Ephesians 2.1? Ephesians 2.1 talks about those who are dead, like you God has made a resurrected, who were once dead in what? Trespasses, Trespasses and, sins. and sins, Ephesians 2.1. So an aimless life is a living death. A life without goals is a living death. An indefinite aim if, when you're missing your life's definite aim and you don't know your mission, you don't know your purpose, that is why you have so much sorrow and pain and suffering in life. What you need is you need to have goals. You need to look at your prayer life a little differently and to be more, be more active in your relationship with God in, and include Him in your thoughts, in your actions and walk by faith and not by sight. This is why I really believe one of the, the highest, most helpful things that can be done for someone who is depressed, someone who is discouraged, who just is struggling in life, is to give them a reason to live. Help them to discover why they are here, to understand their purpose in Christ Jesus, 
when you're really clear on that, when you have a definite aim, when you set a goal, when you see something you desire, God wants to give you the sanctified desires of your heart. When you delight yourself also in the Lord, this gives you a reason to push or persevere. Your why is why you don't quit. Depression, discouragement, despondency, that's a symptom. The cause is, is aimlessness. And that aimlessness is a disconnection from Christ. So we're talking about resurrecting the dead. Now, that might be the case for us, but what if you have a family member? What if there is a family member that you want to see in the kingdom who is off in their own world, who is living in trespasses and sin? They're like walking zombies. Physically, they may be alive, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally, they're dead, and they have no reason to live. So what do you do for that? So I'm, I'm going to write down evangelism. Is every prayer for evangelism a goal? Yes. Absolutely. If you want to see someone you love in the kingdom, we got to stop praying for them as though that we have no part to play. We have to start seeing what is our part in our salvation. A lot of times we're just like, you know, I've tried everything, I've done everything, and it's like, God, I'm going to give this to you, and there's nothing I can do. Well, That's God, a belief. Don't give up on us. I'm so glad God doesn't treat us that way. That is a belief. And if you if you believe there's nothing you can do, then are you going to attempt anything? No way. So God has given us some practical things, but how do you do that? The same process. There's a science for goal setting. I want you to see. There's a step-by-step. When implemented correctly, you can apply these <laughs> principles to anything that you want in life, even if that's seeing your loved ones saved. And you can identify their salvation, their redemption, their resurrection to life in Christ, an abundant life, is a goal. And you can walk, you can take, you can follow. Like we have a goal setting framework that we provide for our students. And you can follow that path and see every step that you need that you can do to work out your prayers, to make, to bring these to fruition. Because you know that seeing your loved ones, God is not willing that who should perish? Any. 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 Now, what does any mean? Does that mean your loved one? Does that mean your child? Does that mean your your friend? Yes, anyone should perish. It is according to God's will. So by faith, you can know that it is God's plan for your life to be an instrument in His hands for their salvation. And you can go to work to study and search what are the steps you can take, the science of evangelism, which is what we teach at the Army of Youth. We're here to teach you that leadership is influence, is the skill of influence. Every man, woman, and child has influence. But the question is, are we being intentional about using our influence to lead others to Christ? The way that we lead people to Jesus is by developing our skills as a leader. Leadership development is evangelism development. It is using our, it is understanding the science, the, the, the skill of influence and cultivating that so that we could be intentional. That intentionality, it's impossible to be intentional without a goal. You need to have a goal, a reason why you are being and you are developing influence for the purpose of glorify God and bringing others to the Savior so that they can experience eternity forever through your instrumentalities. God has a plan and this is our purpose. Yes. I was just thinking that um, if, 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 if God wanted to save everybody, 
the only thing that would stop that is Satan snatching that away from you. Snatching the belief that it could be done because God already said it could be done. Absolutely. So true. So the question is, whose voice do you want to listen to? Now, an another, another goal. Uh, let, let's look. I, I submit to you. Every verse in the Bible is talking about goal setting. It's connected with goal setting in one way, shape, or form. So my question is, find a verse in the Bible that's not talking about goal setting. So um, as we were doing this before, someone brought up uh, John 3.16. What about John 3.16? How is that connected with goal setting? Everybody knows it. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever may believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That, that is a goal. That is a goal. That's a, that the is the goal. That is the, the goal, goal of goals. <laughs> that, look, God loved you as though you were the only sinner who needed a Savior. He loved you so much that he gave his son to die for you. He did that. That was a plan from the very beginning. It's called the plan of redemption, the plan of salvation. See, God has plans. You should too. God is a goal setter. God is the goal setter. And we were created in the image of God. We have the ability to, the faculty of imagine, imagination. God desires us to cultivate this skill of goal setting because that is Christ-like. Christ had a goal. From age 12 years old and up, he knew his life calling. While at the Passover, he saw the dying, the slain lamb, and he knew his purpose in life. He knew from age 12 that his goal, his life definite aim, was to die as the sins of many, so that you could be brought back closer to God because he loves you so much. Mm. And that was the goal, to see you in heaven for eternity, redeemed and brought back to Christ. That was God's goal for you. Now our goal in John 3.16, we have a part to play, do we not? Oh, what yeah, is the condition of John 3.16? To believe. To believe. Faith. To have faith. See, this is a goal. Believing in the promises and the love of God is a goal. That you set up. It's like, Lord, I want more faith. So what is the science of faith? Study what is the steps. God has given us the law of exercise in Hebrews 5.12. That faith is, is strengthened as you, as you use your faith, as you exercise your faith. God has given us the law of imparting in Luke 6.38. That give faith and it will, faith will be given to you. If you want more faith, you have to inspire faith in others. You have to speak faith. That is the law of expression. That 2 Corinthians 4.13, I believe, therefore have I spoken. It's true that our words is an indication to our character, but also thoughts and feelings are strengthened as you give them utterance. If you want more faith, if you want more of anything, then express, express it. You can express act gratitude. Yeah. Act it, yes. Um, and you could act, but you could faith. It until you make it. Yeah. Some people say, fake it till you make it. No, faith it. Yeah. Because if you're praying for, you're asking for things God has promised, then there's no question that He'll provide. The law of focus. The law of focus is something that God has given. Matthew 7 7. What you focus on, you find. 
So if you're focusing on your doubt, you're focusing on your insecurity, you're focusing on your fears, you're focusing on your perplexities, and if you're focusing on what's missing and what you don't have, then you're going to find everything that is that's so missing and you don't have. It is a law. Uh, it is a law of God, a universal law, that when you apply and you understand the science of goal setting, you can have, this is the secret of getting anything that you want in life. God is abundantly willing to provide, and He has given us provisions. But the question is, do we want to use these things? So I'm, I'm extremely grateful because I learned about goal setting. Um, goal setting is relatively new to me. This is something that I started to um, deep dive in. Um, as I mentioned, at one point, learning how to set goals, I told you that before, um, goal setting used to terrify me. I used to be afraid. I'm like, what if I set it out and I fail? Or I failed in the past and what makes me not fail again now? And I was, I was concerned or maybe like goal setting is wrong. I had all these questions and objections or like maybe it's like other people have these goals, but what I like, that's not really my personality. It's not who I am. And uh, these were questions that I had. And, but the thing is, I wanted to understand what is going on with goal setting. And I would say for you, if, goal, if, if what you're hearing right now is new and you've, and, and many of these things are, you're being heard for the first time, I suggest that you make goal setting your definite aim for now. Because this is one of the first steps of finding your life calling and really anything that you want that you don't have in life right now. What I had to do in order to be stronger in goal setting is I had to study goal setting. In the month of October, not this month, 12 months ago was the first time I studied about goal setting. For, for one month, that was my monthly mission. My mission for that entire month was I want to study and absorb myself with goal setting. I want to understand what is what does the, sci the, the scriptures say on goal setting? Flood my mind with Bible truth on scriptures regarding the setting of goals. And what does science say of goal setting? Now, science, there is a step-by-step -step process for setting goals. It's, it's a tried and proven path. There's, there's no question really about it. It's cause and effect. So when you understand the scriptures, then you can use the scriptures to filter through the science. Now, some people come to different conclusions, uh, but you, you're guarded by, this, by the scriptures as you are searching out setting goals. For 30 days, the month of October, I committed, this is my theme, this is my, my, my mission for this month. I'm not going to be studying a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm going to study one thing, one thing this month. And I deep dived into goal setting and I gathered everything that I could and I learned everything I could and I took notes. And as I was taking these notes, I began to learn and understand things. And that started a journey of some incredible growth and incredible possibilities that I never thought possible. In these last years, we have done so much as a team. So everything that we're doing right now, these things are a result of the goals that were set and the, the prayers that were prayed and collaborated with because of that faithful month in October studying goal setting. This is the one thing that, that by doing would make everything else easier and necessary. This one thing of setting goals and understanding and mastering the skill, it is a skill. It means if you don't have it now, you can cultivate it. Amen. This has developed so much more. And in the process of studying, that was October, the next month our team put together 
this account book. This is a Live Your Calling daily account book where uh, where we were seeing like, man, while we're learning about goal setting, we're having a definite aim and we're trying to apply these principles to our life. We're trying to see like, how can we create a system for reviewing our goals, a system for following the biblical principles? How can we make sure that we are doing those things that God has in his word encouraged us to do so that we can um, have an active prayer life, so we can focus and keep our mind stayed on the things that God wants us to focus on and what really matters in life to uh, live our calling. So we, we realized that in the market there wasn't anything really biblical that was very strong and founded in scriptural basis. So we decided to create the, the account book that we wish existed in the market. Amen. And that was in November. That was 11 months ago for almost a year. We have been fine-tuning, tweaking, and adjusting day by day using this thing every day understanding the process, the biblical principles of goal setting to find exactly the path um, that God has given to us so that we can live your calling. So powerful. And we put it in this book. And I'm so excited because yesterday we just launched the Live Your Calling account book where you can get your copy today and you can click on the link below. You, you can find it in the description. You could reach out to our team and we'd be happy to, to send you a link uh, where you can get access to Live Your Calling account book. Um, and this has been one of the most life-changing things for all those who have been consistently doing it. Mm -hmm. But here's the key. As you do it, you have to ask in faith with absolute certainty. And as you really recognize that this is a process of, of, of prayer, it's a systematic way to prompt your mind to remember some things key things to pray for, to be intentional with your prayers, to be intentional with your devotions, to be intentional with your relationships, to be intentional with your time, intentional with your finances, intentional in your life, in all seven areas. And you can't be intentional without having goals. You can't have a definite aim without setting goals. And it's, it's a requirement. So, uh, we put together this book. I'm super excited. You're welcome to get a copy. You can go to thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book. No spaces, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash account book, and you can get your copy today. Um, and um, I'm, really, um, I'm really thankful that we get to understand this, but as I was mentioning, from that one month studying this out, I began to apply, doing some trial, doing some error, and I want to encourage you that... Uh, goal setting is a skill, just like any skill when you first get started. Like it's, it's, it's like a muscle that are you good at anything that you just start for the first time? No. Usually no. Take some effort. You might fall a few times, but just know that you're falling forward. As long as you persevere, there's no such thing as failure, only failure to learn. And as you're learning, you turn those apparent failures into success and you keep making progress and you commit to the journey. But what's nice is when you're able to follow a proven path and a system that can help you to pr consistently become all that you are called to be in Christ Jesus and a, a biblical path. So uh, this this month as well, we uh, we get together with our online students and we, we study out these different practical tips and share with you why you should be doing goal setting but in this uh, monthly training called the Direction from God program, we go deep into the very how, the nitty gritties, and the very step-by-step -step of 
What is the science of goal setting? How can you really turn your prayers and, and cooperate with God? How can you turn your goals and to, to get these done? So um, we do this every month. And this month we're going to be studying about goal setting. If you want to join, uh, be a part of the Direction from God program, then uh, you could also reach out to our team and we'd be happy to, to share with you how you can get access to um, the training that we're going to be doing once a month and uh, where I go live for an hour and a half, answering your questions, getting feedback, and it is just a great experience. It's one of the things that we look forward to the most every month here at the Army of Youth. Amen. And I just want to thank you for being here and spending your time with us today because together, the Army of Youth, we are waging war against living an aimless life. We are at war against people not knowing their true purpose or living their calling. We're here to assist you to exhaust our resources and giving you everything that God has provided that we have that God can, can flow through us to you so that you can live your calling in Christ Jesus. And we're not going to stop till every young Christian understands their unique gifts and is dedicating their lives to Christ's service. We're here to help you. We're here to assist you. And we're so glad we're able to unite together in this warfare against aimless lives. Mm -hmm. So if it's your desire, friends, to understand more of God's calling in your life, to have a purpose and a mission, and, and to know why you're here, and to work towards that, to find that direction from God, then I encourage you to close with me for a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, we are so grateful for the opportunity that we have to open your word today, to understand more of, of uh, this, this process of prayer, the power of prayer, this power that is found in uh, surrendering to you, to, to opening up every area of our lives and allowing you to direct our paths. Father, we pray that you will protect us, you will guide us, you will help us to have the focus and the clarity to know what is your calling on our life. What would you have us to do and help us, dear Lord, to be faithful, to be faithful with the little things that we have, the little opportunities. And Father, I pray that you will clarify in our minds what, what you would have us to do and surround us with people who are going in a similar direction of where you have called us, going in, in a similar direction, who have the results that we want in Christ Jesus, we pray that we can be blessings to each other. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank you very much for joining us for the leadership table today. We do this every week where you can come, you can participate live. And if you're interested in, um, in coming, then, um, then I invite you to participate. Join the leadership table, but share this with your friends. Think of someone who needs to hear this. Send them a link, add them at, uh, tag them in the comments below, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash YouTube, because uh, we got more videos like this um, every week, and we would love to, to have you part of the community. As gospel soldiers, we have a war to fight. Remember that leadership is influence, and every man, woman, and child has influence. But the question is, are we using that influence to lead others to Christ?